When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Well, it's a rain-soaked Wednesday afternoon here in College Station. Hopefully it clears up, but welcome into the cozy confines of Studio 12 in the south end zone of Kyle Field. I'm Will Johnson at the moment rolling without my partners. Andrew Monaco uh, got back late from Columbia, Missouri last night. Matt Simon, always busy. We get him when we can. Maybe he'll join us later in the show. Uh, but right now, I'm Will Johnson rolling solo on this edition of Studio 12. Stay dry out there. We're going to start with Aggie basketball, where Andrew was last night. Columbia, Missouri, A&M wins over Mizzou, 66-64, in a game that got tight and dicey late. The Aggies hang on to get a road win. The Aggies now 9-8 and eight overall, 3-3 three and three in the SEC Got 14 points from both Josh Nebo and Savion Flag. 12 from Emmanuel Miller. And one of the things we're going to do on this show is bring you a few things that you can find on our podcast. Studio 12 is the radio show and the podcast, so you can get both right here from this very studio in the south end zone of Kyle Field. This the radio show you're listening to now. If you want to know more about the podcast, visit 12thman.com slash podcasts. That'll take you to all the information you need. You can download our Studio 12 podcast anywhere on your app, on your phones. So we will bring you some of the clips of what we have upcoming on the podcast. Some of it's out already and some of it's upcoming, but uh, you're going to get a little taste of what you can find on our podcast. And one of the things is that on that podcast, the post-game show to all football and basketball games are on there. Every post-game show from this football season, our radio broadcast is on the podcast. Download it if you like. And basketball as well. 
So last night, after the win over Mizzou by two, Andrew Monaco and John Thornton caught up with our head coach, Buzz Williams. That available to you on the podcast. We've got a little bit of a clip right here for it. Not a little bit, about eight minutes worth. Buzz Williams with Andrew Monaco and John Thornton after the two-point win last night over Mizzou. The head coach of the Fighting Texas Aggies is here in his Coaches versus Cancer sneakers. And well, I think you got to wear them again on Saturday now. After <laughs> Great win, Coach. Great Thanks. win, Buzz. Thanks. I found out um, Monday night that Coaches for Cancer is now for the week. For the week. And so I, I didn't know that. And so I was scheduled to wear this on Saturday. So... I guess you have to wear it again. Yeah, right? I, 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 I don't, I'm not superstitious, Coach Thornton. <laughs> so no, I know you're so, not. But you know, I, hey. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> okay, so if you're not, I'm being somewhat sarcastic. If he's not superstitious, the five on the floor yeah, that you put that? out after the timeout. I was just tired of it. Were you I was really? tired of it. And they I, came I'm, through. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of saying the same thing. I'm tired of hoping that it'll change. And whatever the Einstein quote is, just to keep doing the same thing means you're insane. <laughs> and they're too good of kids, and they're trying too hard. But to keep saying and keep trying and never change, it doesn't work. And Zach is a fighting Texas act, <laughs> period. And he's contesting those shots the way we ask, which is why he made the pull-up three. And it turned, and it didn't turn because of the talent on the floor. It turned because of the fight of the kids on the floor. And as I told them at halftime, we need to quit thinking that this is a game. Mm. We're not good enough to participate in a game. We have to get to a point where it's a fight. And you have to be smart in the fight. But we have to care as if it's a fight. And when we get to that point, then we can talk about something different. But I can't keep losing my mind saying the same things and it not change. Mm -hmm. And it is, as I told them at halftime and I just told them then, it's not as if we haven't come a long way. December the 16th, our net number was 281. January the 16th, more than any Power 5 team in the country, we have improved over 100 teams. I'm not saying we're good. I'm saying we have made progress. But the next step in our progress has to be our fight. Mm -hmm. It's not, well, are we going to run a different play? No, we're deficient. Are we going to do a trick and it's going to work? No. We have to be comfortable that the chance that we have is to fight. Two things that I think were in, indicative of that. One is y'all harped all year long, but even more so as a concerted effort about fighting. If you get your hands on the ball and in a, in a defensive possession opportunity to take away an offensive rebound, I've heard that and heard that and heard that, and I saw a little different intent to get the basketball. It was more even from Josh to E-Man to Aku to the guards rebounding, and it was, it was more of a battle than it's ever been consistently for a game. 
When I was a kid and I moved to my dad's house, and I'd say, hey, dad, can we play catch? He would always say, what do you want to throw? You want to play a football? You want to throw a football? You want to play catch with the baseball? What do you want to throw? And he would throw the ball. And then when I would throw the ball and it was a bad throw and he couldn't get it, he'd go, go get that ball. (laughs) And then when he would throw a bad throw on purpose and it would touch my hand or touch my glove, he would say, just like your parents used to say, if it touches your hand, you, you got to catch it. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's, if you touch it, you got to have it. I heard that in and practice. That, uh, <laughs> you, you have to. There is, we, we can't help anymore. The old coaching me a little bit. I, I'm not, the superstition thing, I'm going to go away, but I always try to, to look for indicators to predict the future. And you that's know good. that doesn't work. You know that doesn't work. It, if, if they make shots at practice, they're not going to make them in the game. But I'm going to just say this, that I noticed, and I'm going to talk to you about it, but the communication between one another yeah. in the defensive sets, and I go, well, that should indicate that they're kind of, you know, developing more pride and getting it more. And it, they're, they're, um, they've come a long way, and their parents – have done an incredible, impeccable job raising them. What they have been through uh, over the last 250-plus days is a lot. And that they keep showing up says who they are. Uh, The whole team, the whole team, every class they took, the whole team, we made zero Fs. Wow. Zero Fs. The whole team, every single class, every single class, every single player, all of them. We made two D's. That's impressive. We almost made as many A's as we did C's. They are doing what we're asking them to do. But like I told them at halftime, I think in the bottom of your heart, you're thinking, I believe most of what Buzz is saying. <laughs> but I think at some point, it'll die off <laughs> and the fight will go away. And it won't go away. No. That's, uh, this is not school. I failed the first test. I do better on the second. Let's average the two. Life and basketball are similar. School is different. God's time, he doesn't wear a watch. It's from the east from the west. In life and ball, you're going to keep getting the same test until you pass it. Were we better in our fight in the second half than the first half? Yes. We're up six with two minutes to play. We have had that test. It was one week ago tonight. It's press offense. We did not handle it appropriately. We executed our press offense much better tonight until we thought, oh, we passed that test, and then J.J. Right. does his own deal. No, no, but their response, when I called timeout, their response, Coach, I know, Savion caught the ball every time in press offense tonight. Against LSU, he caught it zero times. You keep getting the same test because ball is not on a semester deal. Ball is a mirror of life, and you keep getting the same test until you pass it. We fought much better in the second half. We thought we thought the test was over. Up six, two minutes to play. They're going to have to foul. We just need to get a shot. We can't turn it over. We can only give them one. Hang in here, hang in here, hang in here. And then, oh, no, here comes another test. Oh, yeah. We've already seen that test. I just told them, the last time we went on the road, how did we handle the next test? It was a home game. 
look what happens. We're getting the same test on Saturday afternoon. So Coach Williams and the Aggies beat Mizzou last night. They look forward to a home tilt this weekend at Reed Arena. 3 o'clock is tip-off with Oklahoma State. It's the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Aggies and Cowboys got them in the Texas Bowl in football trying to do the same. Beat them by three in the Texas Bowl in football in December trying to get them here in College Station on the hardwood this January. So that was Buzz Williams on the basketball radio post-game show last night. All post-game shows from each basketball broadcast available on our podcast. Download them anywhere podcasts are available. If you want more information, visit 12thman.com slash podcast. So we will bring you more from our podcast as we roll along today. Coming up next, you'll hear from the 12th man, Braden White from Florence, Alabama. It was his first year as the 12th man in 2019. Andrew Monaco airs conversations on our podcast, does that with a football player, and it's coming back starting with Braden White. That podcast is available right now on Studio 12. Download it if you like, and you'll hear a clip of that. Andrew with Braden, it's conversations. Coming up next, right here from the south end zone of Kyle Field on The Zone. Welcome back to what I would call the podcast preview edition of Studio 12. You always get the radio show right here on 1150, as well as 93.7 on Wednesdays and Fridays, 1 to 2. That's your radio show, Studio 12. But also we've got the podcast, Studio 12, available, plenty to download there. For more, visit 12thman.com slash podcast. One of the features is Conversations, brought to you by Andrew Monaco. He often sits down with an Aggie football player and goes at length with them. You'll get to know them, hear more about them, their thoughts on football, their thoughts on life. And he even closes it with a little rapid fire, I understand, some quick questions for each player that he brings in. Conversations has cranked back up again, and the first guest for Andrew uh, to get that going once more was Braden White. Uh, Braden was the 12th man in the 2019 season, and obviously an honor for him. And Andrew Monaco and Braden White, here it is, a little preview of it. It's available right now on Studio 12, the podcast. Here's Andrew and Braden. You play with Gilly. You actually saw him be the 12th man. Sir. Now you are the 12th man. Take us through... Take us through before you know there's the possibility, and then take us when you find out it's Jimbo Fisher's first 12th man he gets to he gets to pick. If you could take us through all of that. Yes, sir. Well, back from the beginning, uh, even when I first got here, I'd say I, I knew what the 12th man was, but I didn't really understand all that it represented. And so being able to see that first year, Gilly kind of go into those footsteps and receive the 12th man, it, it gave me something that I, I really looked up to. I looked up to him as a leader, as a player, and the way he, he wore number 12 and just represented all the students, represented us, the team, and this whole university, that was something I definitely wanted to do. So this past season, um, everyone, of course, knew Coach Fisher would be awarded number 12. And so that was definitely something that I, I looked forward to. I didn't know how it was going to go, when he was going to do it. But just 
being able to wear number 12 and represent all that it does represent, it, it meant the world to me. And I'm, I'm so honored, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, to wear and just represent this great university. It's always special to wear any number for a team, and especially at Texas A&M, and you had the 58. Yes, sir. But the change to 12. <laughs> Were you taken aback when you saw Because did, did you not see it? Was it 12 hanging? Is that, is that one of the ways you found out where you saw that 12 hanging in the, in the locker? Well, uh, the day that it happened, which it, Coach Fisher didn't tell us it was going to happen <laughs> on that day. So, I was, I, of course, I was in there locked in, ready for practice, another fall camp practice, ready, ready to go and have a great day. And then he started talking about the meaning behind it and uh, kind of what he was looking for in the person that would wear number 12. And then he, he named me, and uh, it was – it was wild just being able to see my teammates reactions that that meant a whole lot to me just because I've been here for a while and just being able to earn the respect and have them behind me it meant a lot but then afterwards I'm, I'm kind of I'm really neat and I get everything ready ready to roll for practice so I already have my jersey on my pads and I had it sitting in my locker and so they actually went ahead and switched out my jersey put it back on my pads and so I didn't notice at first until I was walking out to the field and I looked and there was number 12 on my jersey already. Wow. It's not something you can campaign for, right? No, sir. It's something that you – it's it's funny. I was just talking about this in a completely different sport, but I think the same thing applies here at Texas A&M. You earn an Aggie ring. You earn your Texas A&M diploma. You earn the number 12, don't you? Yes, sir. That's, that's for sure. And that's got to be the greatest feeling. It is. Because it is. it's not something – oh. Vote for me, right? Something like that. Okay, I'm going to play for you what Jimbo Fisher had to say, and it was on his, the Jimbo Fisher radio show that he has every week. And this is Jimbo Fisher talking about Braden White being the new 12th man. Your 12th man this year, Braden White. Yes. Well-deserved, is it not? Extremely well-deserved. People say, you know, why'd you pick him? I say, why not pick him? I mean, there's nothing he ever, as I say, people don't, you know, say nobody's perfect, but he, the way he carries himself as a person is he's a tremendous student, tremendous player. Our players love him. He's on a unit council, one of our leaders. He's going to be a tremendous Aggie after he's done, and he represents everything. I think the core values of what Texas A&M and the 12th man is all about. He is a tremendous, tremendous human being. You can stick him in at linebacker. You can stick him in at special teams. He is going to give you absolutely he – leaves, he leaves everything and, on the and, field, and, doesn't he? And he does in every practice. You talk about embracing the grind. and I've never, ever, ever seen him – take a playoff in anything he's ever done since I've been here in a year and a half. You know, we were all worried last year, would you have enough depth at linebacker? And you told everyone, I have no problem putting Braden White in there. No, None I don't. Whatsoever. I mean, he can play and he knows how to play. He's so smart. And, it may, you know, if he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he knows how to play. He gets faster because he can process the information, be in the right place. He's a tremendous player. That's what Jimbo had to say. I, I don't know if there's a greater testament than when Coach Fisher says all that he said about you that's because he's as genuine as they come as genuine as they come what's that mean to you it, it means the world it's it's super special mainly because coach fisher as a coach he's he's the ultimate kind of coach you want to play for as a player whenever when i hear him talk whenever he's addressing the team i just know i i would i give everything for him no matter on the field in the classroom and that's what i try to do just because i know that he has my back through everything he has this team's back and he's always going to be there for us, and he's always going to give us, us his all, so I'm going to give my all to him. I'm starting something new on Conversations, and I will say right off the bat that I have taken this from 
David Faraday and his rapid questions. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. We have not rehearsed this, I promise. Okay. We're going to start easy. Favorite color? Maroon. Do you have a favorite car? Probably Ford pickup truck. Gotcha. Oh, that fits perfectly. Hamburger or hot dog? Hamburger. Sunny side up or scrambled? Scrambled. Favorite movie? Um, We're allowed to come back to anything. Let's, let's come back. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. I'm a movie guy, so I have, I have lots of favorites. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Really? I enjoy scrolling through Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Hunting or fishing? Hunting. Iced tea, sweet or unsweet? Sweet. Here's the question, and I don't know if I'm going to have to take this out. Ready? And I saw this on Faraday, and I just had to laugh out loud. He asked Brooks Kepka, if you were going to get arrested, what would you get arrested for? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he asked him that question. You don't have to answer it. I was just I, saying I that's, a, that's that a Faraday question. <laughs> the other one I liked was he asked, he asked Kepka, um, who's the third best golfer on tour? So who's the third best player on the Aggies? The third best player? Yeah. I don't know if I want to answer that one either. Okay. <laughs> Tackle to make to win the game. Who do you want making it? Buddy Johnson. Play that has to win. What combo makes that play for the Aggies? Uh, offensively. Offensively? I would say Kellen Mond to Jamon Osmond. Yeah. Do you have a favorite football player growing up? It was actually, which he's he's kind of more more uh, in the recent years, but Luke Keekley. Really? Who just retired. Just retired. Wow. Gave it, there, there are certain players who give it all on the field. You <laughs> are definitely one, but that was Luke Keekley, was it not? He, he, definitely, he definitely did, and that's, that's something I looked up to, um, and just, ha- just how he played, the passion he played with. But then he's, he was all over the field just making all kinds of plays, plays that you'd stop and just, just say wow afterward and um, – not only that, but the way he, he carried himself as well, on and off the field, that was, that was a bid for me to see as well. You, there are certain players you can build around, right? He's one of them. He's isn't definitely he? one. Best trash talker on the Aggies? <laughs> um, I would have, have to say probably Leon. Leon really? Leon on here. <laughs> uh, favorite smell? Favorite smell? Yeah. Mm. I guess Mint. Do you have a favorite song? What to Say by Bailey White. Love it. Love it. You know what? There's no other question to ask after that one. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Texas A&M football, they're going to start the 2020 season on September 5th at this very venue, Kyle Field. That's against Abilene Christian. Three straight home games to get the 2020 season started. you got Abilene Christian on the 5th of September. Then the 12th brings in North Texas. And then on the 19th, Colorado comes in. September 19th, A&M and Colorado. Old conference foe, the Buffaloes, roaming into College Station. Three straight home games to start 2020. You just heard Andrew Monaco and Braden White on the first edition of conversations for 2020 available on our Studio 12 podcast. You get these way too early top 25s that I've talked about previously on this show, not this very one this Wednesday, but on shows we had prior. And I'm always interested to see what they say about the Aggies. And I've actually seen A&M as high as sixth in the way one way too early 
top 25 for 2020. And I've also seen them as low as 25th. That is a wide range. I mean, A&M's got a lot of people back. Schedule softens just a little bit. And you're coming off an 8-5 and five campaign against the most rugged slate you could possibly find. Three number ones were on it. So just due to the schedule backing off, there's a possibility out there for 10 wins for A&M. And if you get to 10, you got to think you'd be way higher than 25th by season's end. Yeah, how, is 6th too high? I don't know. Is somewhere in the middle more appropriate for A&M when you come out with a way too early top 25? You know, I've seen the Aggies at 11th. I've seen the Aggies at 13th and some. Maybe maybe the middle ground is right uh, to start the Aggies off. But uh, A&M, I know, expects to be better in 2020 than they were in 2019, specifically for two reasons that are right on the surface, even before you dig deep into this team, right? There in front of you is the fact that they return almost everybody, and then you don't play at Clemson as your marquee non-conference game. You host Colorado, and you're – East crossover, your rotating East crossover team is not Georgia between the Hedges and Athens. It's Vanderbilt right here in College Station. Bit of a softer schedule, so to speak, at least on paper entering 2020. And A&M returns pretty much most the offense and defense. So uh, spring ball will crank up right around mid-March. April 18th will be the playing of the maroon and white game here at Kyle Field. We do not know the kickoff time yet for the maroon and white game. TV will dictate that as obviously it usually airs on the SEC network. So we are awaiting a kickoff time. We'll hear that hopefully soon on the maroon and white game, which will go down April 18th right here at Kyle Field. And then again, 2020, the season starts September 5th, three straight home games, September 5th, 12th, and 19th at Kyle Field to get what should be quite the exciting 2020 season started. Now, for Aggie Baseball, 2020 starts on Valentine's Day. Yeah, we've all got a love affair with Aggie Baseball, so why not start it on Valentine's Day? The 2020 campaign gets going February 14th against Miami of Ohio at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park. For this next baseball season, Rob Childress has a new assistant coach on his staff. Chad Kaye comes in. He'll run the offense and coach third base. He enters from Southern Miss, where he was assistant head coach there for the Golden Eagles. We're going to talk to Chad Kaye on the other side of the break. And as I've stated, just like with Buzz earlier in the postgame show after the win over Mizzou, just like with Braden here a moment ago, we caught up with Chad Kaye for our Aggie Baseball podcast, which is available on Studio 12. Download it. On your iPhone, on your off your apps. Find more information about it, 12thman.com slash podcast. We've got the Aggie Baseball Podcast cranking up soon. And this truly is going to be a preview on the other side of the break. The first Aggie Baseball Podcast will feature Chad Kaye. We'll probably drop that and bring it out to you next week in its entirety. But you're going to get a little preview of it on the other side of the break. So you'll hear from A&M's new assistant baseball coach, Chad Kaye. It is Studio 12 on this Wednesday edition. I'm Will Johnson, and we are back in just a moment on The Zone. Welcome back. We are taking this edition of Studio 12 to bring you basically our podcast preview. Obviously, every Wednesday at 1 o'clock and Friday at 1 o'clock, you get this show, Studio 12, over the radio airwaves on 
KZNE 1150, as well as 93.7. But also we have the podcast platform. Uh, It's all available to you there. Football, basketball, baseball, softball's cranked up their podcast with Joe Evans and her staff. It's been very well received thus far. You can get post-game shows from our radio broadcast on that Studio 12 podcast. We did it all football season long. They're available to you now. Earlier you heard from Buzz Williams uh, after last night's win over Mizzou as a part of the basketball radio broadcast post-game show. All available for you on the Studio 12 podcast. Visit 12thman.com slash podcast if you want uh, to make that a part of your collection, as they say. We'll turn our attention to Texas A&M baseball now. Chad Kaye is Rob Childress's new assistant coach on the staff. He comes in to run the offense. He'll be the third base coach as well. Chad Kaye was a player at Southern Miss, then was an assistant coach on that staff for 12 years over there in Hattiesburg. So a program that he was very familiar with, obviously had quite the connection with, he leaves the Golden Eagles and comes over here to Aggieland, and the 2020 campaign that starts on Valentine's night will be his first here at Texas A&M. We will unveil season number two of the Aggie Baseball Podcast next week. Excuse me. Uh, next week, uh, that'll get started, and Chad Kaye will be the opening edition of it. We run about 15, 16 minutes with our new assistant baseball coach but we're going to get you a five minute clip of it right here right now so this is a preview of what's to come with chad kaye getting the aggie baseball podcast started here's what we had to say when it came uh, to chad's appearance just a bit earlier do you have some offensive philosophies say this you know when you meet with these guys the first time what do they need to know about you when it comes to offense immediately yep. so that you can project that onto this I'm team? I'm a big believer of setting the tone, and I hope that's what you guys see when you watch us play in in days to come. Uh, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a high-energy guy. Um, my philosophy is very simple. I want these guys to play fast. And, and what does playing fast mean to the, to the average fan? It's, it's having the ability to be pre- so prepared – to where you're playing a step ahead of your opponent. And from the base pass, from in the batter's box, even from the defensive side, these guys have to pick up their tempo. And, and I, I know I set that tone in, in the first meeting, and they, they still kind of give me a little grief about it. But at the same time, <laughs> I wanted them to know that this is the way we're going to play. It's, it's not going to be the not, – not, not to knock any other – program or any other offense but it's not going to be the boring we're going to sit there and wait for the three run homer or we're going to bunt every inning it's i i think you can create offense and you can create rhythm and tempo in your offense by being prepared and, and understanding how to play a little bit more aggressively but playing a step ahead playing fast yeah you mentioned it there that you know, you want to stay a step ahead of the opponent. You want to create offense. Correct. Because one thing I look at transitioning from 2019 to 2020 with this team, if you if you just went by team batting average, 251 last year, yeah. probably a little low, but it's not just about batting average, is it's it? It's not. It's not like you're here it's to not. say, we've got to hit 300 now. It's not. You know? It's not. And, you know, not to bring up my past years, but I think where, where I've evolved and I'm – 
proud of where I've gotten as far as a coach. I, I've made our previous school's offenses understand it. It isn't about statistics. I, I use the terminology every day, even with our guys here. Uh, you know, everyone's going to eat if you, you stick to the philosophy. And the, the philosophy is simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's create rhythm and tempo. So you, we're not having to rely on one or two hitters every every inning, every other inning, uh, to where everyone plays a role and they're playing it fast. And then by the end of the season, our team statistics, which are the most important, runs scored yeah. and, and the, the hit-by-pitches, the walks, the things that help create innings and create tempo. And then at the end of the year, everyone's going to eat. Their statistics will be there. And that's what I keep preaching to them because that's in my 23 years of coaching, that's what I've learned. And every year it seems to work out, work itself out. Because like in any sport, you know, it all works together. It does. You, you it's know, a unit. You don't have to score 12 no. runs if a pitcher holds no. the opponent to two. Exactly. And I did want to ask you in one thing because the, one of the storylines coming into 2020 is – a big left-hander that you guys are going to oh, roll yeah. out on Friday yeah. nights no in question. Asa Lacey. Now, no question. The hope is on a Friday night, and mm-hmm. usually a Friday night's not going to get to no. eleven to ten. You're but, right; it's not. You know, you, you hope Asa holds them down. You get your share of runs. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're exactly right. If but, we are, we're in good shape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, having hitters face Asa in the fall. I would think it obviously makes you better, but it's obviously quite difficult. Was it, it almost fun to no. watch Asa work? Well, uh, in Asa's case, it was a little different because he came off the Team USA, so we shut him down early. So I didn't get to see him the first half of the fall, but I did the back half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your point, man, I, I tell you what, this is an elite pitching staff. Coach Childress, um, I, I can't compliment him and Kyle and – and everyone involved with the culture of this place from the pitching staff, just the the traditions that are here. And so I knew what I was getting myself into. I was a little worried about it because I, I am inheriting an offense that didn't come off the greatest two offensive seasons. Mm-hmm. And here I come, and I'm going to bring in new philosophy, new terminology, new energy. And guess what? You get to face Asa. You get to face <laughs> Roa. You you know, you get to face Joss. And it's like, oh, oh I got to get some confidence in these yeah. guys first and foremost. So that was the challenge uh, because, look, let me tell you, that's not fun facing our guys in their squad. Let alone they're talented, but to top it all off, the icing on the cake, they're left-handed. So, I mean, it's hard to play fast initially without kind of having everything built in and get them going it's tough enough to have every you hitting on all cylinders and face ace in those guys let alone trying to learn a system as you're doing it but at the end of the day you're right i think there's some the value of it is look man this is as good as it's gonna get what we're gonna face if we can get it going against these guys sky's the limit you you know here here we go so so that's the way i spun it um because it is the truth, but at the same time, it wasn't the easiest uh, body of work for sure facing those guys. So welcome to Chad Kaye to Aggie Baseball. A&M will get it started, the 2020 campaign, Valentine's night. You get a lot of home games early on. The Aggies get the first series going February 14th through 16th against Miami, Ohio. The very next weekend, starting February 21st, Army the Black Knights of the Hudson roll down here near the banks of the Brazos for a three-game set against the Aggies. Non-conference play then continues on into February. At the end of March and end of February, the Aggies are in Frisco 
for that classic up there at the home of the Rough Riders, a beautiful park up there in Frisco, north of Dallas. And we're expecting big crowds for A&M's appearance in that classic. Uh, the Aggies in the Friday game will take on Illinois, Saturday, UCLA, and Sunday, Oklahoma State. I believe that's the schedule for them uh, up there in Frisco. Those are the three opponents. I think that's how it works out, Illinois, UCLA, and then Oklahoma State. But A&M will then close out non-conference play the second weekend of February against New Mexico State, Aggies and Aggies, as New Mexico State comes into town. That closes out non-conference play. So three of the four non-conference series for A&M right here at home at Bluebell Park, and then one you really want to attend up there in Frisco for that classic. Uh, it's just fantastic stuff, that ballpark and the competition that the Aggies will face. And those are the weekends prior to conference play. I mean, you get the year started February 14th, and then on into mid-March, you play all non-conference before hitting the SEC portion of the schedule. Just told you about the weekends, but a lot of the midweek games early on, you can catch the Aggies Tuesdays and Wednesdays at Bluebell Park. The first three weeks of the season, A&M is going to play on Tuesday and Wednesday at home for midweek contests. So loads of opportunities to see Texas A&M baseball early in the 2020 campaign. Just talked to Chad Kaye about how he'll run the Aggie offense, and they need improvement there. Didn't hit it, didn't hit all that well last season with a 251 team average, but they'll always be able to pitch. Asa Lacy could lead what is a very dominating staff, maybe one of the best in the country. If you can get enough offense, it could equate to plenty of wins if the pitching staff does what you believe they are capable of. Chad Kaye got to see that pitching staff throughout uh, fall ball and knows how rough they can be on hitters. So that's something he talked about. You heard five minutes of Chad Kaye right there, a little podcast preview. But if you want to hear him in its entirety, it'll come to you next week on the Aggie Baseball Podcast. And Chad Kaye talks further about this Aggie pitching staff, had some interesting stuff to say. He knows how tough they'll be to hit because his offense had to face them all fall long and is doing so throughout preseason camp right now. So that's it for our podcast preview. You heard from Buzz Williams after last night's win over Mizzou. You heard from Braden White, the 12th man, and Chad Kaye, our new Aggie baseball assistant here in town. 12thman.com slash podcast. That's where you can find any of the information you need or wherever podcasts are available or on your iPhones and your devices, download Studio 12. Everything covered right there when it comes to Aggie Athletics. We are back in a moment to close out this edition of the radio program, Studio 12, in a moment on The Zone. All right, we're going to close out this edition of Studio 12 from the south end zone of Kyle Field. Uh, First of all, thanks uh, to all those who have joined us on our podcast platform, Studio 12, that we've previewed for you on this show. You heard from Buzz Williams last night. A&M beats Missouri 66-64. Buzz is available on all the post-game shows of our Aggie basketball broadcast throughout the network. And then that post-game show is immediately taken when it's finished and podcasted, and you can hear it on the Studio 12 platform. Also, Andrew Monaco brings you conversations on Studio 12, the podcast. Does that with an Aggie football player, and that has kicked off. Available to you now. Download it now. Braden White, the 12th man, joined Andrew to kick off conversations 
for the 2020 season. And just a bit ago in our last segment, Chad Kaye, new assistant baseball coach, he joined us. He will get the Aggie baseball podcast started for the season. We will drop that next week, but you got a little preview there. You got to hear about five minutes of Chad Kaye, who is now in town to run the offense for Rob Childress and his baseball team. And again, as we said, Aggie baseball starts Valentine's night. Miami of Ohio is in town to start a three-game set at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park starting on February 14th. It is close. It is getting close. Even softball, Davis Diamond, beautiful new facility right here on the West Campus. Last year was year one, and they get back going again, and Davis Diamond Diamond, uh, softball does on February 7th. They have a full weekend, February 7th, 8th, and 9th, hosting their own tournament to get their year started. If you haven't checked out the Aggie Softball podcast right there on Studio 12, do so, download it, check it out, any information you need on our podcast, 12thman.com slash podcast. Going to close out by talking a little bit more about Aggie basketball. Last night, 66-64 to 64 over Mizzou. It got a little ugly late, but road wins often are ugly, and these aren't beauty contests. You go on the road in the SEC, you go up to Mizzou, you get it how you can, and the Aggies certainly did. They got it by two, 66-64 the final. A&M was down five at halftime, trailing 32-27, but overtook the Tigers in the second half. And told you earlier, Savion Flagg had 14. He had six rebounds to go along with that. Uh, Josh Nebo, 14 points. He had five boards. Uh, Did not register a blocked shot. I don't see a blocked shot on the Aggie stat line uh, from the box score last night. And that's a little interesting. Had nine assists, did A&M, turned it over 12 times, so that's not the ratio Buzz Williams wants, although it does look like the Aggies are improving as far as taking care of the basketball. Got 12 points and five boards from Emmanuel Miller, seven and six from Andre Gordon. Got eight points off the bench from J.J. Chandler. He had a couple of three-pointers. Aggies shooting the ball from long range a little bit better. They were 6 of 17 last night from three-point range, a little over 35%. As a team, A&M shot 46%. Held Mizzou to just 26% from behind the arc and just 30% shooting overall for the game. So, obviously, the Aggies know how to play defense. Buzz Williams has instilled that in them, and they continue to play defense quite well. A&M went to 9-8 and eight overall last night with the win. 3-3 three and three in Southeastern Conference play. They go to Mizzou Arena, and they beat the Tigers on their home floor, 66-64. to 64. Aggies now will host Oklahoma State, 3 o'clock, Reed Arena. It is the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And said it when we started back in... December, A&M beat the Cowboys in the Texas Bowl down there at NRG Stadium, 24-21. Now they're looking to beat the Cowboys in hoops right here in College Station on our home floor. Again, 3 o'clock is tip time from Reed Arena, A&M, and Oak State. Uh, If you can't make it, 2.30 radio broadcast, Bud Light tip-off show starts with Andrew Monaco and John Thornton courtside so 
We have discussed quite a bit as far as our podcast on this edition. Buzz Williams from last night's postgame show, Braden White on Conversations, and Chad Kaye on the Aggie Baseball Podcast. Chad Kaye was a true preview. That podcast episode is not out yet. It drops next week, and it kicks us off for the season as far as the Aggie Baseball Podcast. Thanks to everybody who joins us on these podcasts. It's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. Download it on your devices through your apps and check out more information on it at 12thman.com slash podcast. Also, it's that time of year. February is approaching. You're getting a lot of overlap on the West Campus. you got Bluebell Park with Aggie Baseball. you got Davis Diamond with softball. A lot of uh, what track is doing right now, track and field, is running indoors. But always elite teams for Pat Henry's men and women. Basketball teams are going down the home stretch inside Reed Arena. The men and the women, Gary Blair and his women, making a push to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament here in College Station. And then when track transitions outdoors, the new EB Cushing Stadium is right out there, right by Davis Diamond, where Aggie track runs outdoors. The Mitchell Center, right across the street from it all, men's and women's tennis, always competitive, always very good. The men have some home matches this weekend that are very important for them getting started on the right note. So plenty available to you right here on this corner of main campus and across the street at West Campus as we get ready to roll into February. That closes out this edition of Studio 12 from the south end zone of Kyle Field on The Zone.